Hello, Vanderpump Robs listeners. It's me again, Robs, here to tell you about an exciting announcement. Not only is the hilarious Tim Barnes joining me on today's episode, but later on this week, I will be starting my Winter House Season 2 series of Vanderpump Robs, which has been a long time coming. So, the best thing you can do right now to support the podcast is leave it a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts and to join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Vanderpump Robs, where you will not only get ad-free episodes as early as humanly possible, you will also get bonus episodes going forward. Because when I'm talking about any current season, that's got to go in front of the paywall, especially when it comes to Vanderpump Rules, because apparently... Tom and Tom are going to be on at least one episode of Winter House, so I've got to watch the whole season. Anyway, patreon.com slash VanderpumpRobs. Now let's get on with today's episode with the great Tim Barnes. Welcome to Vanderpump Robs, a sexy, unique recap podcast, <laughs> or sometimes... Just a podcast about Vanderpump Rules. Today I've got a guest, and it's an exciting one. An old friend. Yes. Writer, comic, creator of Maurice on Mars. It's Tim Barnes. Tim, welcome back to Yes. The show. Thank you for having me back. Um, this is the, the podcast about Vanderpump Rules. It's Echo. That's how excited Tim is. Uh, I think we haven't talked about this pretty embarrassing uh, moment that I had with you last time I was in LA. You were doing, you were so great showing me around. You had just gotten there. You were working at Team Coco. Oh. You take me to this bar, and I'm sitting there like, "Wow, this is cool. They should make a. This is totally like a bar where they should do a reality show." And I have this whole day with you. Not we didn't have the whole day at this bar. Have this whole day with you. We're we're actually, you know, talking to Peter Madrigal, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, he's, he's this is like his cheers. He knows this guy, yeah. And and not until I think my Uber, my drunken Uber ride back <laughs> to my sublet, did I realize uh, you had taken me to Sir. Well, and I was talking like I was in a place where a reality show does happen, and it's the show. That you have a podcast on that I had already been on before. This is what I. This do, is how Tim. bad my memory is. Oh, but also like I could have been a good friend and said, "Oh, hey, remember we talked about this? This is that place." <laughs> but I had, I had, and my little devil horns came up on my head. I, 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 I think I remember your expression because you're like it was like a pause. It was almost like a gym from the office pause and look to the camera. Like because there were cameras. <laughs> Look for us in an episode. How cr- crazy did you think I was when I said that? I mean, I, I think I was gonna. Uh, <laughs> I think I also knew that we had been out on the town. We yeah. were having a good time, you yeah. know. And part of me was probably like. Maybe I didn't hear that correctly. <laughs> I don't want to look like a fool. You know? I was totally. Well, I think the only excuse is that this was like probably the second time I had truly socialized since the pandemic. Yeah. So yeah. Everything was rusty, I guess. But uh, I just can't believe looking back. I can't believe that I had this entire. But it also goes back to my favorite way to interact with people 
is to not know who they are, how important they are, what they do. Well, and I equally treating everyone I meet within that, those boundaries with a, a great deal of respect because I do not know if they're important or not. You know what I mean? And so, important is a, you know, relative word, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Important to this restaurant, important to this conversation, <laughs> important to the TV show. You never know. Um, yeah. So I did say welcome back, Tim, because I was you you did guest on this podcast in its early days, yeah. relatively early days. It's but I was I was realizing that it wasn't as early as I thought. Like I feel like I've done this show for seven years, but I think that's just the pandemic talking. Yeah. Where time felt like it's like the blip. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Time yeah. is is just crazy right now. But you were not me looking so crazy right now at this time. Looking so uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> um. Yeah. You were on February eighteenth, two thousand twenty-one. Really? Doesn't it, was, it seem? Yeah, that seems a lot longer ago. It feels like a that. lot longer than that. Yeah. Hey, maybe my stats are off, <laughs> but. You guessed it on season two, episode 14, titled I Lied, which yeah. is one of the uh, it was finale, believe, right? Yeah, it was the finale of With season two. Two other guests. Yeah, well, that might or have no. been a different episode. Well, mm. we regardless, yeah. there was another episode we did in Cross <laughs> with Podcast Minority Corner yeah. with James Arthur M. and Mackenzie Green. Mackenzie went on to guest host all of season three with me and for some reason still talks to me. I don't know. Um, but we're not going to recap an episode today, Tim, we're because not. as I stated earlier, um, you're the creator of Maurice on Mars, which I want to hear more about later mm -hmm. for the audience sake. Cause I know all about it. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Um, Maurice said, I, I am. That's what they call me. They say, Rob, stop talking about Maurice in the slack. <laughs> um, Mohead, um, yeah. you're a man of many hats. You wear I many am. hats, and but you Dude. are a fan of space. You actually have a Star Wars podcast, or yes, uh, I co-host a Star Wars podcast called Yub Nub with these other comedy writers, Jim Fagan and Greg Iwinski, and we call it uh, the Star Wars podcast for people who actually like Star Wars. So even though the three of us hosts come from different angles of Star Wars, I'm a more of a movie purist. Some of them are more book-oriented uh, uh, and uh, animated, cartoon-oriented. And we have uh, a spectrum of complaints, different facets of the universe. We try to return to the planet core of love oh, yes. that we have for this franchise. It's, uh, I mean, we it, it's a fun franchise. I can understand the basis of the podcast, but it's yeah. the, in that expertise of science fiction that I wanted to bring you on today's episode to talk about, well, what if Vanderpump Rules was set in space? <laughs> yes, I've been I've been thinking about this, and I've been uh, I kind of I dove into season one. I've watched about three episodes, and first of all, Vanderpump Rules starts off the same way that the first ever star wars movie does which is really? right in the middle of the chaos and you're kind of catching up as it's going along 
That is a very good point. You know what I mean? Like Star Wars, the first one ever, 1977, before it was called A New Hope, it was just called Star Wars, starts off with a giant triangle chasing a rebel ship. Darth Vader comes out. They're looking for someone named Princess Leia who has the plans for something. And you're like, you're catching up as this movie's happening. It's it's Holy like shit. acting as if this is the the fourth episode of something. And this is exactly the energy that Vanderpump brings. It starts off as if I've already been watching the show, even though it's impossible because this is season <laughs> one, episode one. And, and we, have say, we have to know what Stas- we have to know that Stasi is already dating Jax. We already know that, right? Because they're having <laughs> We do. We must these are the things that like they assume of us as yeah. an audience, which <laughs> it, it it leaves you off kilter. You have to be like, whoa, I need yeah. to like hold on tight or I'm gonna not know what's going on. Much like those of us who watched A New Hope for the first time yeah. were feeling, you know. Yeah. Um and also Although this is not the case for Star Wars, uh, Vanderpump Rules was a what they call a backdoor pilot. Mm. So what happened was is you're watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm. They're arguing over dinner. People are saying uh, things without thinking. Where at least at Vanderpump's restaurant, it it fades out, fades in, and then it's the perspective is from the staff. Mm. And we're like, wait, what is going on here? And then we see Vanderpump rules. And wow. we're like, oh, my God. And correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't George Lucas. Well, and maybe there's some retroactive mm. uh, uh, circular logic here from, you know, GL's point of view. Yeah. But he had the idea for the original or the prequel trilogy as well as the original trilogy. So he at least maybe had something shaken there. Yeah. Mm. I mean, hey, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. No, you can fall into a whole rabbit hole of what George Lucas always intended, which he claims, which changes every decade or so and becomes the new canon of what was always intended. All I know is that when the first Star Wars came out, it was just called Star Wars. Uh, And then... I truly believe that Star Wars is the greatest social experiment in terms of uh, altering the concept of the history of just this franchise generation to generation. Every generation of people since Star Wars has another concept of what Star Wars always has been and always was intended to be. It's pretty crazy, but it's like with Star Wars... Uh, George Lucas has done uh, what every, you know, politician, be them a a, a democratic leader or a dictator, wishes they could do with the same um, ease. Yeah. uh, Which is alter history. I I, I don't want to fall down this rabbit hole with you. Hey, but I I get what you're saying. Like, you want to be able to say this is the story I've always been telling. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? (laughs) And I feel like that's what we get from Vanderpump Rules. You know, you look at people in season nine, like Lala, who are just talking to talk. Wait, they get, wait, I haven't, they have a a Teletubby on the show? (laughs) Uh, Maybe in more ways than one. But one of the characters (laughs) is named Lala, and it feels like she forgets previous seasons. Uh, the time a new season starts and it's like, what are you, what are you, you're putting your foot in your mouth, whatever. Yeah. 
I was but, amazed because I was trying to get get in, uh, you know, psyched for this episode, and I was looking at the IMDb. I was like, "There's so many cast, there's so many not, I, they're not called cast members. I don't know. There's so many sure. people, characters, on this show, characters. It's like when you go from the first, the original Power Ranger series, all the way until whatever they are now, Power when Rangers. When they're like dinosaurs, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've gone back in time. With those yeah. Power Rangers. Saban's done it again. <laughs> Pumpkin Spice Podcast is a place where all spooky podcasts come to live. In the Pumpkin Spice Podcast feed, you'll hear episodes about all sorts of horror movies and TV shows. And just like the Pumpkin Spice Latte, it's available all year round, but only promoted during the autumn season. So go subscribe to Pumpkin Spice Podcast, where we showcase all sorts of horror podcasts. That's Pumpkin Spice Podcast, part of the Bridgeburner Collective, and available wherever you get your podcasts. It's almost more Star Trek. Yes, I was Vanderpump Rules. Thinking about that, if we were to set this in space, this is the perfect series. Like this could just take place on, uh, you know, a Star Trek-like space shuttle fueled by sexual tension. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Yeah, you got uh, Lisa uh, as the the captain on the ship, sitting in that center seat. Mm-hmm. Um, boldly going where no uh, restaurant owner has gone before. Um, I was trying to think of how this will work in a Star Wars context. I want to hear um, it. So, and this is, I'm trying to, you know, kind of just going off of what I remember. So many characters, okay? Hey, this, I'm this here is, to fill in the gaps, Tim. Okay. So, I think Lisa Vanderpump is, like, as a leader, as someone who was kind of uh, even a, a spiritual leader sometimes to her um, employees here, I think she is a Yoda. Uh, like she is the leader of a of of uh, a temple of uh, of people who work at Sir. And who is the in the first couple episodes? There's like a co-owner she's talking to. Oh, Guillermo. Guillermo. I think Guillermo is like a Mace Windu type. Oh, wow. Um, Yes. <laughs> you know, kind of right up there with Yoda. Definitely uh, has a purple lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Peter, since I had met Peter and uh, <laughs> in that strange circumstance of not really realizing where I was or who, <laughs> who I was telling Hell yeah. To, uh, he's, he's so cool. He's a very yes. cool charismatic guy as a jedi i think he would be sort of a, a qui-gon jinn a little bit of a of a rebel uh yes. he clearly has some artistic flair uh oh, yeah. but is still uh, a part uh, you know he's he's like uh, still a part of of the jedi temple and let's Sir. not forget the ponytail yeah exactly yeah. exactly what qui-gon has yes yes now I'm saying everything here before I, I'm, you know, I don't know which characters are racist or not. I, I know that there's some conf, you know, some things that have happened. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Let's put a caveat on this. Yeah. We're writing a fictional story. Yes. Here, yes. So. But based off of the first season of what I've seen, I think that Stasi and Jax, very interesting couple, very interesting duo. Uh, 
I believe in the first episode, Stasi says she is uh, she comes from like Swedish royalty or something. <laughs> Am I making yeah, that up? Yeah, uh, it's something uh, similar to that. I think it's more like <laughs> she wishes she has and that her mother said, called her a princess. And so yeah. it just would make sense. But yeah. So I think that Stasi and Jax are sort of a Princess Leia and Han Solo. This is the the t- the intensity of their relationship is what I imagine happened with Princess Leia and Han Solo right after they had Ben Solo. Like this mm-hmm. is what led to their divorce. Yes. Uh, this is this is this is the you know Jax. First of all, that name Jax. Uh, that's that's a space name. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, this is, you know, the Han Solo that we see in between movies. Like Han Solo, of course, he's in love with with uh, General Leia, of course. But come on, he's, he's Han Solo. He's gonna know? be he's gonna be gallivanting around the galaxy or yeah. West Hollywood for sure. Yeah, and he would definitely shoot first, but he would <laughs> tell everyone that he didn't. You know, yes. he would say, oh no, 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 Greedo, Greedo did. Yeah. Now, I get kind of confused. I feel like uh, at one point, Tom Sandoval is dating one person and then he's dating someone else. Am I getting that right? You are. You are. Uh, originally, Tom Sandoval is dating Kristen Doty. And uh-huh. They have an incredibly toxic relationship and he, okay. they break up because uh-huh. not only because they should. Yeah. But because Kristen cheats on Tom with Jax. Ah, it always and comes back to Jax. It always comes back to Jax, which is why many people want to see Jax frozen in carbonite. Um, <laughs> and then Tom, since then, has been dating and in a very serious relationship with Ariana. Okay. To this day, even. To this day. As of this well, recording. In terms of the, the, the first season, then... You know that you know uh, Christian is driving Tom around because he doesn't have his ID or whatever. And yep. I got a sort of a C three PO R two D two vibe from them. I think Tom is the C three PO and and uh, Kristen was the R two D two. I would almost. I'm gonna. I'm gonna push back on that, Tim. <laughs> and I'm gonna say that Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz are ah. the C three PO R two D two. Oh yes. Now they own two bars together. Wow. And I feel like. What better Star Wars characters to like retire with their own like businesses they run together than yeah. C3PO and R2D2? <laughs> That's the Disney Plus series I want to see. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of, you know, this last one, I, I did, you know, trying to uh, learning the kaleidoscope of people on the show. Of course. Of uh, course. I just kind of came to the conclusion that Faith Stowers is Finn. But I have some questions for you now um bring it on you know who who is the darth vader of of vanderpump rules who Mm -hmm. like who can you confidently say is is a villain and i know you might be conflicted because you know some of the people on the show Mm -hmm. uh i don't know if that that doesn't change my uh my journalistic integrity of doing this podcast okay i'll be honest you know that's great yeah I feel like, um, so first of all, help me remember the backstory of General Grievous. Because he's like <laughs> oh, part boy. robot, right? And he, but he was. Well, the thing about General Grievous is in terms of how he shows up just in the movies is he shows up out of nowhere as the new villain 
who is a yeah. robot with multiple arms uh, yes. and steals lightsabers. Yeah. Um, but he's, yeah, he's like part point. something else. He's like mostly robot, but used to be, he's supposed to be foreshadowing to a character like Darth Vader, but he comes off as a little silly in my yeah. opinion, just well, in my opinion. It's um, hard to have a Sith Lord. That's a robot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Without any backstory. Yes. Um, but well, yeah. I mean, okay. So if I'm going to take it at face value, maybe Grievous isn't the one to, to go with here, but I kind of feel like if we're talking Darth Vader, the quickest thing I think I can go to is uh, movie producer Randall Emmett. Hmm. Because he was married to Lala Kent for a mm. while. You know, Randall famously produced The Row, mm. as well as, uh, I believe, Gotti. Okay. Um, the failed failed movie that got a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, took money from 50 Cent. Whoa. Uh, so I feel like he's this person who... He also like paid off some production team to give him a good edit on his final season before he was caught cheating and uh, mm. Lala Kent dumped him. And anyway, yeah. all of that to be played out on season 10. But I feel like that's a guy who's a villain who's like trying to get in. Right. Yeah. And like give himself a good look, you know, like the Empire's great. We can, we're so powerful, right? Mm -hmm. You need someone powerful like me within this group to control. Yeah. But at the end of the day, his emotions got the best of him. He Mm -hmm. cheats on his wife, who's his only linchpin to this show. Yeah. And it all comes crumbling down for him. But the world still lives. Uh, It's not a perfect allegory because I think that a Darth Vader is a much more important character. Yeah, it almost feels like a like a tragic Lando in Empire Strikes Back situation, you know. But I like Lando more. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm trying to. I don't know if I I have the context for this character. I'm not. Well, it's it's quite all right. He's he's terrible, so that Mm -hmm. kind of puts him in a Darth Vader okay uh, uh, likeness. Hey everyone, Rob here, breaking in one more time before the end of this episode to remind you to go to patreon.com slash VanderpumpRobs. It's how I keep the lights on at this podcast. We do watch parties. We do bonus and ad-free and early episodes. You get access to the Discord. You can also... Join a community of like-minded people to have fun and just talk a lot about Vanderpump Rules. But really, it's there to help keep the lights on. It's like supporting a band. You buy their t-shirts, why not join the Patreon? For less than the price of a pump teeny, you can feel the gratitude of supporting this podcast and helping me sleep well at night. Anyway, gonna release this episode in its entirety because I'm just a huge fan of Tim and I think he's got a lot of fun stuff to say. I will see you in just a few days with the Winter House Season 2 premiere, as well as a spooky Vanderpump Rules-themed bonus episode. You don't want to miss it. Back to the show. You know, Stassi's kind of a a Darth Vader, you know. Mm. She's 
not really learned her lesson, was very controlling. She was mm-hmm. doing essentially mental mind games with people to get her will. Yeah. And that, you know, maybe she's not psychic choking people, but yeah, she's yeah. she's using these techniques to get what she wants. Got it. And I think that could that or could be popular. Could she be a palpatine? Could she be a Ooh. that's what Emperor Palpatine does throughout the prequels is he seems nice, yeah, older, you know, reluctant leader of the Republic, but secretly um using everyone like puppets, even the Jedi. He's secretly pulling the strings. I think you might be you might be right because I think there's an argument for Lisa to be the Palpatine. Mm-hmm. I, I like her better as a Yoda for sure. Yeah. Uh because she does guide more than she hinders. Mm-hmm. But what if there's this veil of like I know it's all in my control and I'm just trying to get ratings, you know, that could yeah, be the yeah. Lisa side of it. But I think Stasi's better because Stasi knows she's the like this show's about me and my mm-hmm. boyfriend Jacks and all of this. I can then when I'm done with this relationship, warp the show into the show that's more about me. So mm. I think you're yeah. right there. So I would say on the show there, there really is. And there is not a perfect one-to-one, but yeah. it could be done. And I would like to see the fan fiction. Of it. <laughs> yeah. And just to veer a little bit into the Star Trek universe of this, I think you hit the nail right on the head. It's either some sort of star cruiser that's S-U-R 2022 mm. or whatever on it. Yeah. Like, that's their enterprise. What is the origin of the name Sir, by the way? It's spelled S-U-R, but and you say it Sir as if you're saying, hello, Sir. And it's all these attractive women working here who are saying the word Sir all the time. Is there any... So, the colloquial uh, reason is that it stands for Sexy Unique Restaurant. Oh, it's, it's levels. It goes, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. But technically, I think the origin of it was that uh, it means, hmm, I know, I know the answer here. Here's the thing. I'm not going to be <laughs> accurate, uh-huh. but I know it means south in one language and something else in another, and it's about the cross streets that Sarah's on. So, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we start off with, it's, it's a unique name, but when you say it, it's Sir, what you would say to a man. Then you dive into it. Mm-hmm. What are you saying to this man? You are sexy, unique uh, restaurant. Restaurant. Yeah. And then you go even further, and it says down south. Exactly. Which we all know what that means. So yep. brilliant, actually. It, truly, something to marvel at if, <laughs> if, you, if you think about it. Um. But one thought did come to mind, Tim. Yeah. All of these people would fit on their own Star Trek world because they would just have their job. One's in engineering. One's the Scotty. One's, you know, doing this. They get to go on away missions, much like they get to go to Hawaii or they do all yeah. of these things and have little adventures, um, which I would love to see. I would love mm-hmm. to see, you know, with all these new Paramount Plus Star <laughs> Trek shows coming out, like just why not do a movie? With all yeah. of these people in there. And I think that's the next evolution of this show is taking it from reality TV and into like a fictional another environment show. playing themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So what interests me is the idea that it is like 
it, it can literally be in one of the existing Star Trek shows because they all have their kitchen area. They all have the lunchroom. Yep. What do they call the commissary? I don't know what it's called yep. in Star Trek, but they got oh, that yeah. space. So let's say Lisa Vanderpump is in charge of that space on the ship. Then you got the whole show happening there. And Ten forward on Enterprise, I believe. Is what it's called. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Then, of course, everything will always come back to Jax. The show, the Star Trek show, will evolve from these bold explorations of our current uh, social dilemmas in the context of a futuristic sci-fi show and be about everyone's mad about who screwed Jax and who Jax is screwing. It feels like it needs to be a Deep Space Nine. Because yeah. that's just stationary and it's all soap opera. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I think that would be it. Man, Tim, in terms of sci-fi in general, though, I I I can't imagine a different franchise that these characters could fit in. You know, it it's mm-hmm. there's no time travel show. Yeah. It is either Star Wars or Star Trek, and I and I'm here for it, and I want it. Yeah. And I'm glad we were able to, I don't know, take this blip out of time to just explore <laughs> what that could be. You know? It, it, yeah. Because it's a I, wealth I of, of people on this show, a wealth of characters, and you need sci-fi worlds where where there's that allowance to for all these multiple um, characters to interact with each other. Yeah, you're right. I can't think of, of anything else, really. Yeah, and I think this is a good as place as any to ask the listeners, what do you think their the character allegories are? What who do you think is the one to one for? I don't know, Katie Maloney or Brittany Cartwright or Raquel. Like, who are they in Star Wars or Star Trek? Who would you like to see these people interact with in a crossover Disney Plus special? <laughs> I need them to, you know, follow Vanderpump Robs on Instagram and let me know. Or if you're a patron yeah. on the Vanderpump Robs Patreon, leave it in the little comments under this episode. But yeah. Tim, mm-hmm. I'd love for you to plug anything and everything you're working on. Ah, yes. Uh, I, my mind right now is just wandering. Uh, but like, is X-Men sci-fi? I guess it kind of is. And Hey, I'm actually, going with it. Yeah, this, I think this Vanderpump Rules could work well. As a set of uh, Lisa Vanderpump is Charles Xavier, and she has her school of, of gifted uh, um, teens and youngsters. I love uh, that. And everyone, you know, she's trying to help them to do good, trying to get them on the right path. And uh, but they have these trials and tribulations and these crazy, sexy, cool powers. And none of them get to be Wolverine. Okay, <laughs> if you're listening cast of this show you none of you get to be wolverine yeah one of you might be able to be storm okay (laughs) like but you don't just get to take the cool ones all right uh Um, tim that's a great idea and we'll probably have to go a little further on the x-men side of things in a different episode because that's just that's gonna be that just gives me a whole new theme for a whole <laughs> episode, and I appreciate it. But yeah, Tim, why don't you yep. uh, let me know what you're up to lately? I know Maurice on Mars. I gotta hear yeah. more about that. Yeah, Maurice on Mars is a is a uh, a wet, an animated web series that I created for Comedy Central. There's three episodes. Uh, I spent a lot of time on it. Started it, 
you know, I pitched this idea to them uh, in around 2020 and uh, worked with them for like a year and a half. We've got these great people on board. But it's a uh, it's about a struggling uh, artist named Maurice Robinson, who uh, sneaks onto a shuttle to the first Martian colony. Uh, and he uh, on Earth, he, he works at a coffee shop. And then the only job he can get on on Mars is also as a coffee sh- at a coffee shop. So he's still a struggling artist on the first Martian colony. It's just a, a small city and a big glass bubble. Elon Musk's dream. Uh, and since he snuck there, here's the deal. Since he snuck there, he did not get this uh, mandatory uh, fact inhibitor chip that everyone else gets when they uh, legally land on Mars. And so uh, he is the only one who actually has 100% complete memories of Earth and can connect the dots about how this quote-unquote utopic Martian society is actually just recycling the same old Earth problems. It's a lot to pack in into three five-minute episodes, uh, I realize, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you did it and you did it well. I mean, <laughs> let me just say from my side of it, I want more. Me too. Me too. It's one of those things where, you know, I I will be trying to turn this into an actual TV show. Uh, I think it, it has legs and I'm glad that Comedy Central gave me the opportunity to to write this and get some some great animators to to bring it to life. It is just a web series mind you. Uh, and I, you know, I learned a lot about the internet when this came out because I, it's like a certain faction just doesn't, you know, has a certain taste in their mouth when they see a black cartoon character on in space for some reason. Uh, so there's an element of that. Uh, but, but I, I was also for the most part, uh, very, um, oddly flattered by, um, some of the comments that were, they, there are people who didn't like it, but because they thought this was a show that was on television, which oddly flattered me because it's like, this is just a web series. If anything, it's sort of a proof of concept. Me trying to say, this is a reality that we can explore further as a TV show. Um, And people were watching these three, five minute episodes and, and like complaining about them as if they were 30 minute shows. Like you were unsatisfied with five minutes of, of content uh, in in the way uh, I, seriously i was getting That's, some like last jedi level holy uh, shit because <laughs> it's almost it, it's almost like people are searching to be angry what can i what can i be angry about yeah, today yeah. so God i damn. you know i finally gotten you know through the tunnel of like what is this i i genuinely forgot how weird the internet was but yeah uh, I, I i it's i'm very happy with it and there are a lot of people who you know majority of people uh uh enjoyed it and um yeah yeah it's uh, i just love thinking like anything you end with the word on mars is just fun and that, that's what the show is about the first episode is about um i guess in a way policing on mars second episode is about sports on mars and the third episode is about the very first recession on mars which Maurice accidentally starts when he stops buying his favorite chocolate bar. So it's, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you, uh, I would love for you, anyone listening to watch it and to share it with other people if you like it, because that can go a long way. And I assume you have some links and whatnot up on your social media accounts? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, on t- at TimBarnes451. That's the temperature at which jokes burn. Uh, Instagram at TimBarnesComedy. 
and uh, all kinds of other information and goodies at timbarnescomedy.com. Tim, thank you again for joining me. This has been wonderful. And uh, I'm glad that we, you know what? I'm not going to say that. I was going to say I'm glad I didn't make you watch another episode, but I want you to watch another episode. <laughs> I want you to come on again and again and again. I always enjoy talking with you. Yes. But I like this idea, this exploration of space, as it were, if we were theater kids. Um, yeah. Thanks again, buddy. And uh, everyone else, we'll see you next time on Vanderpump Rocks. Wait, Rob, is that who we're talking about? Yeah.